How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the uh, the 13th round from Bad Left Hook, uh, the official podcast of BadLeftHook.com. I'm your host, the managing editor of BadLeftHook.com, Scott Christ. Uh, I haven't done the show for a, a couple weeks. Um, had to take care of some some personal matters for the last couple of weeks. Um, so you know, just the the show just wasn't a uh, a priority, and you know it, it, it's it's a shame that because there was a little bit we uh, missed didn't get to preview ver- Ward versus Kovalev two last week. I would have told you that I was picking Ward, um, but I would have picked him by decision, not by stoppage. Uh, and we didn't get to recap Adonis Stevenson and uh, Elita Alvarez winning on Showtime a couple of weeks ago. Neither of those big surprises either. But uh, now we're back. You know th- there is. Obviously, plenty of big news in the boxing world. Um, before we get to the 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 biggest story, uh, like it or not, let's talk about Andre Ward versus Sergey Kovalev from this past weekend. Uh, the pay per view, which I assume sold poorly. I mean, their first fight didn't. It sold one hundred sixty thousand. I, I assume the rematch did about the same. Um, the 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 pay per view was not. Good. I mean, you know, if you're looking at it as a full card, it wasn't very good. I mean, Luis Arias made Arif Magomedov look like a a, a hopeless club fighter. I mean, that was a, a one-sided fight. Uh, I mean, Arias looked pretty good, you know, so we'll see what he's got in the future at 160. Uh, you know, but Magomedov had absolutely nothing in that fight, so it's hard to tell, um, you know, based on that win, what he's got for uh, real prospects going forward. Um, the second fight was Dimitri Bivol doing Dimitri Bivol stuff to Cedric Agnew, who barely showed up. So that was what it was. Uh, the third fight wasn't a fight. It was Guillermo Rigondeau and Moises Flores going to what will ultimately be a no decision, originally controversially and stupidly and wrongly ruled a first-round knockout win for Guillermo Rigondeau, uh, that that fight will be reordered for a rematch at some point because it was a mandatory. So I mean, there's just no getting around that Moises Flores is going to get a, a, another opportunity against Guillermo Rigondeau. And given Rigondeau's trouble finding fights and Rock Nation's inability to put on very many fights, it's probably for the best that it, it's forced. You know, that someone's hand is forced and a fight actually has to be made. Um, I mean, look, not that I think Flores, I mean, based on that round, yeah, coming in, I said, well, you know, this isn't really going to be a good fight or anything. Rigondeau's going to win. He's a much better fighter. But at least Moises Flores is a legitimate, legitimate contender. You know, he's, he's undefeated. He's got a couple good wins. Um, but based on that three minutes, what, here's what Flores has to offer against Rigondeau. Plotting around the ring throwing wild, wide, looping punches that Rigondo sidesteps with an air of disdain and screaming. Screamed a lot. Screamed every time he threw a punch. If Rigondo wasn't already able to just ignore the offense and kind of take a step to the side and go, all right, 
well, I'm not getting hit with that. Uh, the, the screaming further tipped him off every time something was coming. So, you know, we're going to get a rematch of that. Rigondeau will win. I wouldn't be surprised if he did knock him out in the first round legitimately. I mean, look, as soon as Rigondeau wants to throw serious shots against a guy like that who leaves himself open through clumsy offense, Rigondeau's going to time a guy like that and, and turn his lights on. I mean, he might not do it in the most exciting fashion. He might barely throw any other punches in the fight. But he'll he'll do the job. So that's I'm not that interested in that. Uh, but at some point, I'm sure it'll happen. Now, Andre Ward stopping Sergey Kovlev. Um, controversial outcome again. You know, the first fight, the it was a controversial decision uh, in a razor-thin fight. This time, we have Sergey Kovalev claiming that he was hit with several low blows, which caused him to bend over while he wasn't defending himself under a pretty ferocious assault from Andre Ward, who crushed him with probably the cleanest punch that Andre Ward has ever landed as a professional. Uh, A massive right hand that, you know, rocked Kovalev. Um, And it would rock anybody. I'm not saying that to, like, downgrade Kovalev at all. Um, And then after that, Ward attacked the body. Kovalev had started to look tired a couple of rounds before that. He, he seemed to get tired early. And part of that is because he was trying to cut a much faster pace than he did the first time they fought. You know, I thought Kovalev coming into this fight, what I thought he was going to try to do was overwhelm Andre Ward early. You know, get to him with activity, with power, and try to stop Andre Ward from getting to that point where he can make his adjustments, where he can, you know, sort of settle in and, and do his Andre Ward stuff. Um, and I think Kovalev tried that. I mean, I really do think he tried it. Yeah, you know, he he his 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 punch output was much higher than the first time around. Um, he he was throwing a lot. He was trying to dictate the pace of the fight. In some ways, he did. One judge had him up. Um, I had Ward up sixty seven sixty six at the time of stopping, and and I thought Andre Ward was taking over that fight. Uh, if it had gone to decision. The way that the fight was going, just the rhythm and the tempo of it, um, the momentum to me was was almost entirely with Andre Ward. Uh, Sergey Kovalev wasn't rolling over, but Andre Ward was, to me, really starting to take control. I, I, I thought that was becoming an Andre Ward fight. Um, but the stoppage is... You know, I watched the replay like I'm sure most of you have. Looking for the low blows if they're there. I think they're borderline. Um, I think one of them definitely strayed low. I, they, they weren't intentional. I, I really don't think they're intentional. Yeah, you know, I think it's bullshit to call Ward a dirty fighter based on this. I don't think he was intentionally throwing low blows. He was throwing body shots. And he had been, you know pounding Kovalev to the body and looking to finish him off like that. So basically, and this is kind of where I'm at with most things, that that's what happened. I'm not losing sleep over it. Of course, I'm not Sergei Kovalev and I'm not Kathy Duva and I'm not somebody who's 
Um, yeah, career was writing on this, and Sergey Kovalev was out there for very bizarre reasons. Out there taking money entirely on ticket sales and pay-per-view sales. Which, if I'm Sergey Kovalev, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm, I might be looking for different representation. Because that is, to, to be Sergey Kovalev, that's a bullshit deal. I mean, it really is. Especially when you know that this pay-per-view is not going to sell. I mean, it's not like we don't have evidence of what this uh, what this matchup can sell on pay-per-view. 160000 the first time. Well, I mean, what are you hoping for for a rematch? It's not going to double that, and that would be a pretty good showing. I mean, maybe this thing hit 200000 but I don't think so. There was really no buzz. I mean, the fight wasn't promoted well. Rock Nation were the lead promoters. They don't give a shit. Andre Ward had a big guaranteed purse. He doesn't give a shit. Actually, I shouldn't, I shouldn't say Rock Nation doesn't give a shit. I just think that Rock Nation are in, incompetent. I just think they're bad promoters. Yeah, you know, I just think I just think they're lazy bad promoters. But um, yeah, any I, I'm just I, I don't know. I, I I don't care that much. I don't know how else to put it. I I, I don't fucking I I can't get any outrage about this. For one thing, I think it's borderline at worst. I don't have a big problem with it. Kovalev wasn't really defending himself anymore. He was hunching over on the ropes. Uh, you know, Tony Weeks made the call that he saw. You know, he saw a fighter reeling around the ring, getting beaten up, looking like he was out of gas, hunching over against the ropes while he's getting hit and not really throwing much back at all. I mean, the referee looks at that and he goes, yeah, it may be time to stop this thing. I think Tony Weeks is a good referee. He's been a good referee for a long time. And I'm not, so, I, I, I don't go out of my way to compliment boxing officials. Like, I, I don't think Rick or, uh, Vic Draculich is a good referee. And I think we saw that with the Rigando fight, which was a complete fucking debacle. Made the Nevada Commission look like a bunch of clowns. Um, they, they they claim, of course, that they got misinformation from the HBO truck, which may be true, which would make the HBO truck even dumber. Um, the shot was clearly after that. But anyway, with this, I just... I, I don't know. I can't get that mad. I, I can't get that up in arms about it. I, j- I just don't think it's... I don't think there's a huge story here. I don't think it's a... Boxing has so many... Disgraceful outcomes. That with something like this... Which maybe you can make a conversation out of... I can't get that into it. I I can't get that fired up about it. It's just not, you know... It doesn't move the needle for me. There's there's so many other weeks that we have to fucking rail against the sport and the officials and fighters and promoters and managers and 
you know, matchups and TV shows and networks and, and pretty much every fucking facet of the sport. There's so many weeks where we have to go hard against these things. And it's, nothing changes anyway, but we, we at least feel compelled to as fans or media or whatever else. Yeah, that's something like this that is debatably debatable. I just, I just can't get, I just can't get, I just can't get jacked up about it. I wish the stoppage had been cleaner. I don't know if the, I, maybe the stoppage was early. But I mean, Kovalev could have changed that by fighting better. Kovalev could have changed that by taking a knee. Pleading his case after the fight if... You know, uh, you know, if he if he had gone on to lose a decision or whatever, gotten stopped cleaner some, at some point, he could have gone with the low blow defenses. And but I I realized too that it's you know he was fighting a great fighter. It's the heat of the moment, and and you're not always seeing clearly, especially when you're getting battered, which he was. But anyway, I just I, I don't know. I don't have that much to say about it. I think Andre Ward is. Probably the best pound-for-pound fighter in the world right now. Two wins over Sergey Kovalev. Look, I scored the first fight for Kovalev, but I didn't think it was so clear that I was upset about that either. Um, and this one, you know, again, a little bit of controversy, but I, I, I don't personally see it as that controversial. I mean, it is controversial, obviously, because a lot of people are uh, upset about it and complaining about it and have been talking about it for a few days now. Um, you know, there will be a protest filed, but it's not going to go anywhere. So I think Andre Ward's probably the best fight in the world. And, you know, because he's... Even even with the controversy, he's doing this against one of the five best fighters in the world, probably. Sergey Kovalev is still probably one of the five best fighters in the world. Even with back-to-back losses, I mean that's that's the level this matchup was both times. Two of the very best fighters in the world happened to be in the same weight class and actually decided to fight. Uh, and that's the good thing about it. The bad thing is, I think we'll kind of always remember this rivalry more for what it wasn't than what it was. You know. First fight didn't have a, a, a clear decision. Lots of people were upset about it. Second fight didn't have a clear stoppage. Lots of fight people were, were, were upset about it. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> I, I just, again, I just, I can't care that much. I'm not that fired up about it. Um, what, what, what else have we got in the news? Uh, Adrian Broner is going to fight Mikey Garcia. I think Mikey Garcia is going to fucking tool him. I really do. Um, I just, I just, I, I'm long on record. I just don't think Adrian Broner's that good. Um, Andre Ward thinks maybe he'll fight at heavyweight. Uh, <laughs> they've talked about Anthony Joshua. Uh, Andre Ward can't beat Anthony Joshua. He's not big enough. 
Like, I'm sorry, this is not Roy Jones Jr. weighing 193 pounds and fighting John Ruiz. Anthony Joshua is a better fighter than John Ruiz ever was. And and I don't really think... I mean, as terrific a fighter as Andre Ward is... I don't think he has that sort of like otherworldly skill that Jones had. And man, and I, and, I, and I don't think that's a hot take or anything. Andre Ward's a very good fighter, great fighter. But he, he's not he's not a Roy Jones. I mean, and in some ways that's a good thing. In some ways it's not. And a major gamble trying to fight a heavyweight I think it's not a good thing I think in maintaining dominance at the level he's at now for longer than Jones was able to I think it's going to be a good thing I don't think he's going to decline as quickly as Roy Jones did I also really doubt he fights all that much longer I think he's probably got another couple of years in the sport uh, Yeah, I, I just He's accomplished about as much as he's really going to accomplish. Maybe he can win a belt at cruiserweight. That's a tough division, too. Those are some big dudes. And you look at the top heavyweights, those are some real big dudes. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I'd be interested in seeing Andre Ward fight at cruiserweight, especially. Um, but yeah, it could be really interesting. Uh, him fighting a heavyweight, depending on the opponent, could be interesting. But we'll see. Uh, Tyson Fury remains an idiot with mouth diarrhea. Bryant Jennings has signed with top rank. Altandil Cortizze's shot against Billy Joe Saunders is off because he got arrested for suspicion of being part of organized crime in Russia. Babut Shumanov vacated his belt due to an injury. Jorge Linares might face Luke Campbell on September 23rd, which would be the week after Canelo versus Golovkin, and that would be on HBO. I think it's an interesting fight, by the way. Um, oh, yeah, the Floyd Mayweather versus Conor McGregor is happening on August 26th on Showtime Pay-Per-View. Boxing match, 154 pounds, 10-ounce gloves, Las Vegas. I have said on this show that I was in favor of this happening from a uh, a professional interest standpoint, from a the, from the standpoint of personal survival, because I'm paid to manage a boxing website, BadLeftHook.com. Um, last year was really rough. This year has been better, no doubt. In, in every single way for boxing. Uh, but last year was really rough. Kind of had, had me on edge coming into this year about, uh, you know, keeping employment. I mean, uh, there is a point where things just aren't viable. And boxing was, being honest with you, is really teetering on that. Um, this year's been much better. But we still haven't had that big fight, you know what I mean? Canelo Chavez was a kind of big fight. Golovkin Jacobs a kind of big fight. I mean, Canelo Chavez did a lot on pay-per-view, and it did well for us, but 
Um, I mean, that was by far the biggest fight of the year, and then it turned out to be such a piece of shit that nobody cared afterward, except for the fact that they signed Canelo versus Golovkin, so we've got that coming up in September. I think that's going to be huge. And now we've got Mayweather-McGregor, which I wanted because it, you know, gets people talking, gets people interested. And I don't even mean the people who are registered and, 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 and post on the site and do, you know, the comments and the fan posts and things like that. But, um, you know, motherfuckers that are just searching the Internet looking for news updates and they might click on our site. That, that, that traffic is the bulk of the traffic. Um so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm into this professionally. I've also said <laughs> that my ideal outcome is for this to end in complete fucking chaos. I want nut shots. I want headbutts. I want some elbows. I want a kick thrown. I want Conor McGregor to throw a fucking high kick here. I want an in-ring riot. I want a breakdown of society as we know it within this fight, because otherwise it is a complete waste of time and money. If there is not a spectacular, spectacular disaster in this fight, then it's an absolute waste of time and and, and money for the paying consumer. It's not a waste of time for Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor because no matter what anybody says, enough paying consumers are going to buy this fight. I just don't want anybody to come back on August 27th and be like, what's up with this? What's up with this boxing shit? That fight was boring. The fight wasn't any good. Of course, it's going to be boring. Of course. I mean, here, here are your options. Okay. Your options are a boring ass fight where Conor McGregor can't do anything to Floyd Mayweather or a fight where Floyd Mayweather with a chip on his shoulder, decides to make an example of Conor McGregor and knocks him out in the first three or four rounds. And I know, you know, some people are like, ah, Floyd's not a big puncher. It doesn't fucking matter. It's about timing. You know, boxing on a high level, and Floyd Mayweather is the highest level that we've seen in a very long time. Boxing's, you know, it's it's a game of adjustments and... And, and very small you know, intricacies and, 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 and nuances. McGregor doesn't have these. He's not a professional boxer. Floyd Mayweather has them. He's been a boxer his entire life. Conor McGregor would take Floyd Mayweather apart in, in, in the octagon under MMA rules. And I, every boxing writer feels compelled to say that because if we say that Floyd Mayweather is going to tool Conor McGregor in this fight, it, it comes off to some people like we're just dismissing Conor McGregor as a fighter, dismissing MMA as you know, a fighting art form, dismissing the, the, the whole shebang and just trying to lord the superiority of boxing over mixed martial arts and blah, 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 blah. And that's not it at all. It's that this is professional boxing. Floyd Mayweather is the best professional boxer of this generation. Might still be the best pound-for-pound fighter in the world, even though he hasn't fought in two years by the time this fight takes place. The, 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 I'm just, I, I am baffled when I see people who really in their hearts think that Conor McGregor has a shot here. 
oh, he's got a puncher's chance. He really doesn't. He's not going to be able to land anything. Manny Pacquiao might be the second best fighter of this generation. If it's not him, it's Juan Manuel Marquez. And Floyd Mayweather fought both of those guys. Neither of them could do shit with him. What chance does a novice boxer have? Some people are like, well, you know, McGregor's bigger. Whatever. This is going to be at 154. Floyd Mayweather has fought a couple of times in this weight class. He fought and defeated Oscar De La Hoya, who's a Hall of Famer, and Canelo Alvarez, who is a terrific fighter. Canelo Alvarez, if you put Canelo Alvarez in a ring with Conor McGregor in a boxing match, I'm going to tell you the same things. Canelo Alvarez will, will destroy him. I'm going to say this, Oscar De La Hoya, right now, almost nine years removed from his last fight, 44 years old, give him an eight-week training camp, he will beat Conor McGregor in a boxing match. Because he's a pro boxer. He's forgotten more than McGregor has learned about the nuances and the science of boxing. And it's not, I I understand how this sounds, but this is, I'm just saying that this is how completely confident I am that this fight is a, a, a fucking waste of time. Ultimately a waste of time. I don't mean to dismiss Conor McGregor. He's a great fighter in his arena. You know, that's... I, I just, I don't want it to sound like I'm saying this because I dislike McGregor or I dislike MMA. I don't. I think McGregor is a great fighter and a great entertainer. I think that... I'm a mixed martial arts fan. I've been a mixed martial arts fan for a very long time. I don't follow it quite as closely as I used to, but I'm still a fan. You know, it's really just more about time. You know, there's so much MMA now. Um, so it, that's not it at all. I mean, if you're thinking that it's just, please believe me, that's really not it. And I'm not saying this to run down the fight so much as this is just genuinely how I see this. It is a complete lie being sold to people for upwards of a hundred dollars on pay-per-view. I don't know what their price is going to be yet. Wouldn't be surprised if they settle on $79.99. It's going to be over $69.99 because that's kind of the standard going rate for a boxing pay-per-view. Um, so it'll be it should be it'll probably be at least eighty dollars. It could go up to ninety, could go up to a hundred. Pacquiao Mayweather was a hundred, and that sold the most pay per views of anything ever. This is, I don't think it's going to be on that level, but I do think this is going to be a huge pay per view because again, I, the, there's nothing that a guy like me or anybody else on either side of the media can say to dissuade enough people from this being a huge pay per view hit. It, it will it will outsell Canelo Golovkin. And I think handily so. 
uh, it'll be the biggest pay-per-view of the year by far because there is that curiosity there. And I, you know, if, if, if you are buying this fight and you're dead set on buying this fight because you're curious, because you've got money to spare, because it's interesting to you on a level beyond competition, then okay. But I'm saying, if you don't have disposable income, just don't don't buy this fight expecting it to be a fight. Because it's not going to be. Any idea that there can be competitiveness in this fight is a complete fabrication. It is the biggest lie ever sold to fight fans. I mean, this is a ridiculous thing. You know, you know how Tony Gonzalez, the former NFL great tight end, maybe the maybe the greatest tight end to ever play professional football, or Julius Peppers, uh, one of the great pass rushers of all time, really. These are two NFL legends. Two great, great football players. They also both played college basketball a little bit. Tony Gonzalez at Cal, Julius Peppers at North Carolina. Take them, put and put them in their athletic primes. Now ask them to go one-on-one with LeBron James. You can even make LeBron James an insurance. You know, fuck it. Ask him to go one-on-one with, with, with Isaiah Thomas of the Boston Celtics. I mean, what do you really think happens there? It's a different sport. They have done it to a degree. Top NBA players have spent their lives honing these skills. Floyd Mayweather has spent his life honing the skills that he has in boxing. He has made chumps of great fighters. Made them look silly. If, you know, guys who are really good fighters, sometimes great fighters, couldn't land the, the this lucky punch, this, this puncher's chance shot, what hope does a novice boxer like Conor McGregor have? You're basically taking away everything that makes Conor McGregor a great fighter, except stand up, but then only with his hands and saying, yeah, go fight the best in the world. It's, it's a cash grab on both sides. And you know, part of me, there's a small part of me that wants to go like instinctively that wants to say, you know, I admire Conor McGregor. He's going to really take this chance because um, it's not going to look good for him. But the other thing is, it's, it's a fucking no-lose situation for him. He gets a ton of money, more than he's ever made in his career. And when he loses, everyone's going to go, oh yeah, no shit. Everyone else loses this guy. Why, why did we possibly think that Conor McGregor had a chance? What I'm not looking forward to here is the fallout because it's going to be ugly 
it's going to be bad, man. It's going to be a lot of people fucking disappointed that they spent that money. They're going to think less of boxing. They're going to maybe think less of mixed martial arts. They're going to think less of Floyd Mayweather. And they're going to think less of Conor McGregor. This whole thing is going to leave an incredibly sour taste in the mouth of, of, of people who buy the fight. Foolishly expecting it to be anything other than a one-sided, completely ridiculous mismatch. And, and you know, calling it a mismatch is being kind. It's not a match. But on that note, we'll be covering it, you know. For the next two months, we'll have live coverage on August 26th. Here's the, here's the thing, and this is what I'll leave it on. As much as I love boxing and 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 like mixed martial arts, I wouldn't buy this pay-per-view if it weren't a reimbursable business expense for me. I will never for a second recommend that anybody who doesn't get this essentially for free buy this pay-per-view. I hope it tanks and then I hope it's chaos. Because that's that's what it deserves. You know the people who have organized this deserve to lose money on it. They're not gonna, but they deserve to. Um and then I hope it's it's a complete disaster. I hope it's just a, an absolute atrocity. Just an embarrassment for everybody involved. While I, you know, sit at my desk watching the fight, cackling with glee over the absurdity of it all. So anyway, that was our show for this week. Um, really nothing big coming up this week. Uh, but then, you know, Them's the breaks. Uh, oh, yeah, we, we do on July 1st have Manny Pacquiao taking on Jeff Horn on ESPN. The start of a, a new relationship between Top Rank and ESPN. HBO is um, maybe kind of sort of losing touch with Top Rank. Top Rank is looking to expand a big relationship with ESPN. Golden Boy has brought a smaller series to ESPN. Uh, Top Rank is looking to bring big fights to the network. So... That'll be interesting to see how that develops. Uh, my hopes are low because, you know, Bob has, in a fit, taken Manny Pacquiao to Showtime in the past and then gone back to HBO when both sides kind of cooled down and said, ah, I think it'd be better if we ran together. But um, So we got Manny Pacquiao and Jeff Horn, which, by the way, I don't think is a, a, a good fight at all. Uh, Jeff, Jeff Horn would beat Conor McGregor in a boxing match. Uh, he will not beat Manny Pacquiao, however, and it, it won't be close. It's going to be a one-sided fight. Uh, and then, you know, after that, July 8th, nothing, really. July 15th, though, is a big day. Miguel Burchelt against Takashi Miura and Jezreel Corrales against Robinson Castellanos and Joe Smith Jr. against Sullivan Barrera on HBO. Uh, over in the U.K. on pay-per-view from ITV box office, Chris Eubank Jr. against Arthur Abraham and Lee Selby against Jonathan Victor Barros. And also on Fox and I know Mar Figueroa against Robert Guerrero. So got that. And then, you know, July 22nd, there's really nothing. July 29th, we've got Garcia and Broner. And then 
For now, there's a month between that and Mayweather McGregor. Also that night on HBO, Kodo Kamagai. If you would have told me there was going to be another big fight that was a worse main event than Miguel Cotto against Yoshihiro Kamagai on the same night on August 26th, I would have said, no, but here we are. And then, of course, September 16th, Canelo Alvarez against Gennady Golovkin. Uh, So that was our show for this week. Thank you so much for listening. I am Scott Christ. Uh, This has been the 13th round for Bad Left Hook. So long.